Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. That was a little different style today. You, like, keep lacking, you know, you keep going down every episode. Do you Yikes. not enjoy us anymore, Kate? I do. I'm trying to, to bring new life. Ayo! Ayo! No, you still suck. You can't do it loud anymore. <laughs> I'm going to go back to last year, and I'm going to show you how you used to do it, because you used to be loud. Ayo! No, because then, yeah, that's when you started sucking, is you started trying to do it like that. <laughs> Nobody likes that. Nobody likes when I try to sing? No. That sucks. No. Oh, well. Anybody. Welcome into the Ball Blast Podcast. I'm your host, Kate. And I'm Michelle. And you can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And you can follow me at BallBlastM, BallBlastEM. E-M. Giving you all the data that you want out there. Oh, my gosh. Michelle. I've been crunching you, numbers like Seriously. No but, like, crunching like a crispy potato chip. No. The kettle kettle cooked chips, baby. Michelle's got them all over at her Twitter account. She's been looking at rookie running backs. Super, super interesting. We're actually heading to the combine this week. Ooh. We have no business being there. Nope, none, <laughs> none at all. Literally, I'm pretty sure we're just gonna hang on Indy. Uh, there's a PFF event on Thursday night, so we're going to meet some of them, which is very exciting. And I have no idea what we're going to do Friday. Hang and out. I, like, I'm cool with just watching the combine on the TVs at a bar. Like, Oh, yeah. I'm cool with that, but probably no need to be in Indy. We just want to go. Why not? It's only five hours away from us. Those city vibes. We have some free hotel nights. Maybe we'll run into some cool peeps. Yeah. Networking, baby. That's what we're all about. That'll be fun. Um, I mean, I hear from literally everybody that... Even if we got tickets to the combine, which we haven't heard if we did or not, um, that you can't pointless. see anything. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty much pointless. And uh, I heard you have to be like dead quiet, and that's not me. Like I don't want to sit there and be quiet. Mm-hmm. I want to go have a beer and watch a combine, <laughs> and I want to do that uh, at a bar. So we're literally going to be an indie. If you're going to like just at a bar watching the combine, so if you're going to be there, uh, hit us up. Yeah, we can meet up for a drink and check us out at the the PFF event, which is at Tin Roof. I believe so. Yeah. I mean, we don't know what that place is, but we're going to Google it. I heard it's (laughs) pretty cool. Google Maps it. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the news. It's just in. Breaking news. Breaking news. Extra, extra, read all about it. Ben Roethlisberger skipped throwing a tennis ball. He can throw an actual football. I, I, not like an actual. Yeah, was I think, it full size? I think this was a high school football. Yeah, it was smaller. We look I can throw a high school football. People I are can make- throw pro football. Get out of here. People what are you- making fun of his weight. Like, have you seen Ben play? People are like, he's so out of shape. Has he ever been in shape? Like, he, he'll be fine. Oh, no. Dad bod for sure. Yeah. Also, he's never been like the super in shape quarterback. That's not what he needs to play well. The reason why he can just stand in the pocket and never get taken down is because he's 500 pounds. That's like, 500 pounds. That's the goal here. Just get bigger, and then you can never get taken down. Yeah. All right. I'll take that. Um, interesting. <laughs> 500 pounds, Ben. He's not 500 pounds. But, no, can we acknowledge the fact that he is 500 pounds but supported by little stick legs? I know. I did see that there in the video. There is literally no muscle mass to his calves whatsoever. How does he sustain that body no, weight? I'm sure they're muscular legs, but I did notice that in the video that he has little chicken legs. And they just little. look so small because his belly and then the chicken legs. He's got the beer <laughs> belly going on. That's all. I got that going on, too. Same. Uh, but... Actually, we were blocked by Big Ben, so maybe this actually, maybe oh maybe he knew this podcast was coming. I made one small joke about being having a sideline interview if like that happened to him during a game after an interception. I, I just said he wouldn't take it well, and he apparently wanted to block me for that. It's fine. I didn't even get the opportunity to make any comments. I checked. I went back in my Twitter mentions. I was yeah, the psycho. Blocks everyone. It's yeah. fine. But he should be good for the season. Uh, uh, and I'm actually, I think he's going to be a great buy low opportunity right now in Dynasty. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, in redraft, you're going to be able to get him super late. He was a, what, top three quarterback in fantasy just two seasons ago yeah. when he was healthy. I mean, he still definitely carries risk, but the good thing is he carries all of that upside while also not costing you anything. Truth. Yeah. Nobody, yeah. people are at, like trading now, garbage. He was, like, one thing I want to bring up, he was a top three quarterback when there was still A-B there. We'll have to see if Juju can take that next step forward with Ben back. Let's not hope. Let's hope what we saw from him last year is not what we get from him. I mean, to be fair, I didn't the Steelers get fined though because they didn't disclose the elbow injury. Like he had been playing with that, I think, since preseason. Am I mistaken? Ben. Yeah. I thought it happened in game one. No. Hmm. I don't know. Okay. Well, anyways, moving on. He'll be fine. He's going to be good to go for the season. Very good news. Yeah. And that's great news for Juju owners. It's great news for Deontay and James Washington owners. And Connor. Yeah. It's good news for the whole offense. Moving on. The Bucks are considering a low-risk two-year extension for Jameis Winston. My Mike Evans shares are saying hallelujah. If you own Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, you need this to get done. You want Winston back. And if you own Jameis Winston in Dynasty, like, you want him to be with Bruce Arians throwing yeah. 100 million times a game, never running the ball. It's perfect. Don't run the damn ball. <laughs> I think this is smart for the Bucks. If they can get Winston to sign a two-year extension, he might be thinking, I need a longer deal because I know I'm going to keep throwing interceptions and then no team's going to give me a deal later on. But I do think, um, I want to say from what I've read on Roto World, the deal would include about $27 million guaranteed, okay. which is what he would make under the franchise tag. But then the Bucks would have a, a team option that they could take him on for another year. So it's definitely high risk for Jameis, but it has some benefit to it too. He might want to check out free agency. Mm. Just saying. And go where? I don't know. A, a team would pay for him. He's a good quarterback. He's good-ish. He's better than a lot of quarterbacks out there. Well, yeah, I'd take him over Philip Rivers, which is who the Bucks are considering. I think they're only doing that so Jameis will be scared to sign a better deal. That's it. They're saying we have another interest. They're not interested in Philip Rivers. Stop it. God, He's I just a 10-year-older version of Winston, but worse, and a worse arm. Yeah, agree. He's terrible. AJ Green wants out of Cincinnati. <gasps> Shocker. I mean, he didn't play all last year, and he was fine. I mean, he was hurt for the first half, but he could have came back. He just I didn't want to play. Matthew Betts had said at some point we saw him at pregame warmups. And yeah, I, I don't want to say he could have played. Okay, that's just I'm just it seemed now you're like, just starting rumors. No, but it seemed like he was getting healthier it was not supposed to be an all-year injury Mm -hmm. and you know every week it was like "Ooh, is he gonna play I felt like every week since like week eight it was like oh he could play and then at the last second he wouldn't play do you remember when I originally tweeted about the fact that looked like it was a pretty bad injury and I got mauled on Twitter oh yeah people just said have you ever seen disappointment before (laughs) no never (laughs) yeah and then he didn't play all year long and he wants Odyssey, which makes sense. Yeah. Even though with Joe Burrow coming, most likely, you would think maybe he'd be interested in staying, but maybe he doesn't want to, you know, learn with a rookie quarterback. You mean baby hands Joe baby Burrow. Baby hands Joe Burrow. He yeah. has nine-inch hands. What are we going to do with that? Now he definitely wants out. AJ Green wants out. He doesn't want to He's like, I can't have those baby hands throwing a football to me. No, but maybe AJ Green at this point in his career just doesn't want to start over. Because even with a rookie quarterback it's going to take time we saw Kyler Murray he performed well last year Mm -hmm. but still a bad team it still didn't really help out his wide receivers it's going to take time and I think AJ Green would much prefer to go to a team that has an established quarterback a winning team he's been on a losing team his whole career oh my god I would love to see him go to the Patriots except I wouldn't but like to see I don't know do you think Brady stays A, and do you think they're good next year? I would love to see him go to Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. Oh, my God. Or even Philly would be good. Like, Wentz is a good enough quarterback to get A.J. Green the ball. 
Oh, my God. All of those options. The Bucks. Oh, my God. Could you imagine if Jameis Winston was just chucking it into the air? <laughs> or He's if, like, one of y'all is going to catch it. If Dallas doesn't re-sign Amari Cooper, even though I think they should, maybe A.J. Green. But I don't know why you would go pay A.J. Green and not Amari Cooper. Yeah, I, I would imagine. I mean, theoretically, A.J. Green should cost you a little less. The Ravens with Lamar Jackson? Don't even. I would not want that as a Steelers Get fan. out. <laughs> All right, next up, Bears release Taylor Gabriel. That in itself is not really news for fantasy. Even what though are his... my dynasty rosters going to do now? <laughs> it does stink for Taylor Gabriel to be released, but I do think this is fantastic news for Anthony Miller. He, you know, he struggled in his second year. We thought he was going to be a little bit better, but he did have some good games, and those good games came when Taylor Gabriel was injured. Pumps out. Their splits, Anthony Miller's splits in games with Taylor Gabriel and without Taylor Gabriel are pretty big. So I'm I'm excited to see what Anthony Miller can do now that Taylor Gabriel's gone. He played nine games with Taylor Gabriel, and those nine games, he was on a 16-game pace for 92 PPR points. That's it, 92. In the seven games he played without Taylor Gabriel, he was on a 16-game pace for 178 PPR points. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, and 178 PPR points aren't isn't like insane, but it's pretty good. And yeah. I would love to see what he can do a full season getting those targets. Yeah, I love it. Um, you're also looking at the Bears. They didn't have a tight end last year, so, uh, I mean, they technically did. <laughs> But hopefully we should see a ton of targets funneled to Anthony Miller because I've got him in a couple of Dynasty Leagues. So thank you for your free money, everybody. Uh, It's going to be harder to go buy him now unless people don't realize that he was better without Taylor Gabriel. And if your league mate who owns him does not know that, go grab him. Go. Even if you have to spend a little bit more than you think you should, I think he's worth it. Moving on, Alshon Jeffrey would welcome the change of scenery. Scenery. (laughs) Scenario is what I was going to say. Scenery that would come with a potential trait. That is interesting because he carries a lot of dead cap with the Eagles for at least the next year. I think into the next year, too. The thing is, a team would have to take on his contract, and it would be all of that money. So... I think if Alshon Jeffrey gets traded, it means that the Eagles are giving someone a pick for them to take Alshon Jeffrey and his contract. Interesting. Kind of like how Brock Osweiler was a couple years back. He's 30 years old, hasn't had a 1,000-yard receiving season since 2014. Who's going to take that contract? It's a terrible, terrible contract. And a team I mean, will only take it. Terrible for the Eagles. A team Alshon will only take it great. if they desperately need wide receiver depth and they want the pick. It would have to. Pro- it has to be a third or fourth round pick. Yeah, I'd... people would just be paying for the pick. That's it. Oof. But I mean, Alshon Jeffrey, your agents, my boy. There's some teams that have a lot of cap space, like the Bills. They could use a wide receiver. They could use a big wide receiver like Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. I mean, it's not the worst idea ever. But but I think they might be stuck with him. I think the Eagles might be stuck with him. Yeah, interesting. He's fine when he's healthy. He's fine. Is he though? He's is, fine. He's average. He's fine. He's he is so, average, but like he's I not could, worth the contract. No, I could get that production for like in the last four seasons. He's played a full sixteen games once, and in that season saw one hundred and twenty targets. 789 yards. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, I could get that from Chris Conley. Literally. I don't know about all that, but... Chris Conley. Okay. Yeah, that's not good. Moving more efficient. <laughs> Jarvis Landry oh, underwent this, hip surgery. This is a bummer. Expected to be sidelined for six to eight months. Now, six months, you got him before the season. Eight months, that's a massive part of it. Like, that's that timeline is scary. And... I don't know what to do with him. I mean, A, you can't sell him right now because you'd be selling him for way too cheap because people are scared about the hit, which he's only going to miss two months max. This is your buy low opportunity. But what do you do when we're getting closer to the redraft? Like, I guess we should have some updates by then. But six to eight months Mm -hmm. is just the craziest timeline for us right now just because six months puts us at August 
24th or late August. Yeah, if, if the Browns get through their training camp without Jarvis Landry, I'm not touching him in redraft. Yeah. Because Let somebody two- else hold them on their bench for the foreseeable future. Yeah. We drafted A.J. Green last year with the promise that he would be ready for week one. <laughs> he was not. I didn't draft him because I thought the injury looked serious. Eight months in would put us at the end of October. Yeah. That's too long to hold that's way a wide too receiver. Long. That's not winning you any games when you have him. He's good. He's decent. He's solid. Wide receiver, too. But it's not like he's... He was ho- winning games last season. But I'm saying it's not like you're drafting Julio Jones and holding him there until the end of October. And you're like, okay, when he comes back, I have this monster, and I know it. Yeah. You don't know that with Jarvis. It's going to be interesting, but that's something we'll have to keep an eye on. Um, as the you know preseason comes along and off season, all those good things. True. Okay. Jordan Reed released by the Redskins. Sad end of an era. Shocks no one. It's the Are end you of going? an era. It's the end of an era. Are you buying Jeremy Sprinkle? Nope. But I do like. I Caleb, love that name. Caleb Wilson, rookie last year. He was pretty good in college. Okay. If you want to go buy someone, I'm guessing they have to bring someone in. A vet. Austin Hooper is a free agent. Yeah. Hunter Henry is a free agent. Eric Ebron's a free agent. There's lots of options, and then maybe they could draft someone. Also of note, uh, this wasn't even on our show notes, but I've heard some rumors surrounding Hayden Hurst uh, that there might be a move made. Yeah, I, I, I saw that too. What team was it that they wanted him? Linked to the, the Jaguars and to the Patriots. Okay. Well, the Patriots would be interesting, I guess, even though I did just tweet the other day, like, stop freaking out about any tight end that goes (laughs) to New England. It was just Gronk and Hernandez that were special. Like, it's not like they make tight ends special. They were special. And no one before them and no one after them has been anything. Just a good little group they had there in the same year. Anyways, moving on. Okay, so we're going to take Hayden Hurst out of an offense that only wants to throw to tight ends. Hayden no, they Hurst only want to throw to Mark Andrews. But Hayden Hurst can't make it happen there. Mark Andrews only plays 40% of games. <laughs> like, that's it. There's still 60% of games that Mark Andrews isn't in the game. And Hayden When you Hurst actually look at Hayden Hurst's yards per route run, he's it's fine. right up there with... But if you're going to make a splash, what do you do in the offense that's obsessed with tight ends? And not the Jaguars. When do they ever pass to the tight ends? He was a, a first-round pick. So we're looking at a guy who has the first-round draft capital... Um, I, he's heading into what his third season now, so this is sort of prime time for tight ends when he's actually been utilized in the receiving game. He's looked great. If you own Hayden Hurst, or he could probably be on your waivers because he does nothing. If you own Ooh, him in I'm Dynasty, check. pick him up. Send the group this screenshot of this report <laughs> and sell him for whatever someone wants to give you. I mean, if he's on waivers, come on. You wouldn't be a little interested. Oh, yeah. I'd be interested to pick him up and sell him. Oh, he's on my... Shoot. He is probably on waivers right now, huh? And yeah. one of us has to keep talking. Yeah. So, uh... Best of luck, Michelle. <laughs> I need to go pick him up. Yeah, good luck. Um, anyway, moving on. What's next, Michelle? You you let me know, because... <laughs> <laughs> I'm already... I'm very busy. And just kidding. He's owned in everything. Yeah, he's owned in all my... <laughs> that was it was really fun uh, for the quarter of a second that that lasted. That's good. All right, talking about a bust of Hayden Hurst, let's get into our bus candidates for 2020. I told Dwight that there is honor in losing, which as we all know is completely ridiculous. Red alert, red alert. These guys are going to ruin your fantasy teams in 2020. I'm a little nervous now to say mine with the way that you just like (laughs) introed it because he's not going to ruin it. No, no, no. Okay, so we, as a collective unit, as a ball blasting unit, Mm -hmm. will define bust as somebody who um, either doesn't perform to their average draft position. Yep. Uh, Maybe you have to reach for them, maybe they're not worth the reach. And that's it. Okay. That's bust. That. that doesn't mean they they can't help your fantasy team in 2020, as you will see by my first guy. <laughs> Michelle, you go first because I'm nervous now. Okay. I'm going first. And I'm very <laughs> nervous to say my guy because I love him. It's Austin Eckler. And I had him in many leagues this year, and he helped me win a lot. He yep. was fantastic. 
The thing is, he's going to become a starter now, right? Probably. If Presumably. he stays with the Chargers. And we're hoping he's the starter anyways. But even when he was the starter and getting the carries, he wasn't doing too much on the ground, right? Like 58 yards, 66, 36, 60 yards on the ground. Like that's what he did without Melvin Gordon. When Melvin Gordon came back, I mean, he basically pretty much did nothing on the ground. All of his production was through the air, which is fantastic in PPR leagues. Don't get me wrong. Like we love those targets. We love those receptions. However, Rivers is now gone now. Yeah. He's not going to be back with the Chargers. And I think it's him that loves to dump it off to the running backs. I mean, before it was, you know, before it was Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler, it was Mike Tolbert who had 79 (laughs) targets one season with Rivers. Danny Woodhead. Danny Woodhead. But Mike Tolbert, who never had more than 39 targets anywhere else in the NFL, comes to, you know, is with Rivers and has 79 targets. Insanity. And then, yeah, Danny Wood had had over 100 targets one year. The next year, 88 targets. Like, he just loves his running backs. Over the last couple of years, he they were first in the league at targeting the running back position. They were third in the league in 2018 targeting the running back position. I don't know. It's not going to get better, right? No. Whatever quarterback they bring in, I don't think they're, he's going to target the running backs more. He's not going to dump it off more often. That scares me for Austin Eckler. His efficiency on the ground scares me. He only had three rushing touchdowns, and all three of those did come when Melvin Gordon was out. But, okay, so last year, Austin Eckler, you know, was doing pretty well, and then Melvin Gordon comes back, and they definitely wanted Melvin Gordon to be the workhorse, but he wasn't good. Like Melvin They Gordon, tried to make him happen yeah, so hard. And he wasn't good, so they, you know, they started getting Austin Eckler more involved in the game again on the ground by the end of the year. But I don't think they want Austin Eckler to be the workhorse back. Yeah. Do you think they bring in someone else like a Jordan Howard or just like a, a lower tiered vet? I I could certainly see that. Um to get, you know, more of the third down work, to get the goal <laughs> line work, is Austin Eckler that type that can handle a three down roll. I mean that's that's sort of the issue is we don't know. He's very young, so he's got a lot of dynasty value, but there are so many question marks. Do you think that you're even able to sell him high at this point? He's coming off like a fantastic season, but I no, still I tried to sell him in my dynasty. I can't sell him. I don't I don't know why. I thought he had all this value. I am going to hold on through free agency for him to, you know, get this contract wherever it may be whether it's an extension with the chargers or if someone can you know steal him from the chargers because he's a restricted free agent right yes i believe so so it'll be harder for a team to steal him but you never know maybe kansas city wants to pay up for him oh my god he and would then his value would be outrageous yeah you'd be able to sell him for like the most insane value of all time oh my god now i want it to happen more than life <laughs> Wow. So I, I do think, you know, if he's a restricted free agent, the Chargers are at least going to put a second-round tr- tender on him. So the Chiefs would have to give up a second-round pick. And I don't know if they would be willing to do that. Yeah, I I don't know. It, that's that's the thing is he's sort of like a Kenyon Drake, right, where we've he's been floating around the, the league. Not floating, but he, he's been around the league, and we never really got to see him used as heavily until the season. So it's like, all right, we saw the production. What's what's coming next? We don't know. I'm just nervous that he's going to, you know, if he is the main running back in L.A., that's fantastic. I just think he's going, going to go super early, and I'm worried about the work on the ground. Justin Jackson was her most of this year. Like, let's say they don't bring in anyone else, which is doubtful. But what if Justin Jackson gets in more work and steals that? Ugh. Please no. I think his targets go way down <laughs> without Rivers. That's just what scares me. I definitely think he has the potential to be like a Tariq Cohen, how everybody drafted. And even in the fifth round or so, people thought he was this immense value, but it turns out he just wasn't. Like, yeah. Tariq Cohen, I, I get. And you know who I called a bust last offseason was Tariq Cohen. <gasps> It all comes first. Oh, wow. That was beautiful. What were you trying to say there? (laughs) 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 All right, give me your... Oh, goodness. I see it now. Kate, are you trying to get people mad at us? What are you doing? 
I'm bringing, no, <laughs> but no, I don't want to talk about this anymore. All right, um, give me your first bust. Okay. It like, again, not a bust as in, as in not worth drafting, but a guy I think will be taken too early. Taken too early is Lamar Jackson. Just like Patty Mahomes last year. It, so that's literally what what I'm bringing this back to. So, like, let's look at Lamar Jackson's passing stats from this year, right? Like, we all know what he did on the ground. He was literally a running back on the ground. Fantastic. That's super safe. But in 2019, for passing, first in the league in passing touchdowns, highest touchdown percentage in the NFL. Do you know what it was? Nine percent. Nine percent. That's high. That's very high. Third in adjusted yards gain per pass attempt while ranking 28th in passing yards per game. That's not sustainable. And I love Lamar Jackson, and I think he will be a very safe pick moving forward because of his rushing floor. But, like, we said Mahomes' passing stats were unsustainable with a touchdown percentage of 86 and now we're looking at Lamar Jackson's 9.0. And, and Mahomes like, did drop. I mean, yeah, he did drop. And he, he dropped, dropped a 5.4%. 5.4%. And you know what? Like, he was still the quarterback three in terms of points per game. But if you drafted him in the first two rounds, you would have been so disappointed. Yeah, and he did start, you know, he started hot for, like, I think a couple games and then slowed down and... Then if they get hurt, like you're so screwed, and that's what happened to Patrick Mahomes because you took him in the first or second round, and that's your quarterback, and then you have to hold on to more than one quarterback because you can't drop Mahomes, and that's what's going to happen with Lamar. You handcuff yourself to Lamar's going to go earlier than Patrick Mahomes did this year. I really oh, believe no it. Doubt. He's going to probably go at the end of first, early second round, that's even in wild. one quarterback drafts, and. He could that rushing floor is fantastic. Yeah, and owning him is great because he's never going to kill your team. So that's why the, like calling him a bus is so hard. I just can't imagine giving away a top tier running back or wide receiver for a quarterback that did have this insane touchdown percentage that has to go down, and he can still be the quarterback one because of how if. Like he scored so many points oh, this year. Oh, easily, yeah. He can go down a lot of touchdowns, still be the quarterback one, and not be worth that pick because he's right there with a bunch of other guys instead of you know scoring a hundred more points than them. Yeah, when I did the math, I I brought him down to a six uh, percent touchdown rate, uh, which brings him to twenty four pass attempts. So if you're in a six point per touchdown league, that's a decent chunk of points that you're missing out on. Not enough to make him not the quarterback one, but I think it is enough to bring him down to like a human level where not worth that early pick. I would rather get a wide receiver or a running back that will set my team apart from those lower tier players. Yeah, I get you. Don't hurt me. I Yeah, it's going to be hard because people are going to get very upset. He's going to still be great. Yeah. It's just... I would never take a quarterback that early, and he's going to go insanely early. He's going to go insane in the med brain. Yep. My next and last bus, because we're both doing two bus candidates for next year, I'm going with Darren Waller. Darren Waller, tight end for the Oakland Raiders. That's he, also spicy, Michelle. He broke out this year. He loved his story. is a great story. I'm happy for him that he could finally break out in the NFL after many years. The thing is, is Derek Carr back, right? We have Ooh. no idea. And he could be. And could this, be Tom Brady. Yeah, and this does not lean so much on the quarterback as it does to the playmakers they had on the offense this year. They didn't really have anyone. They had Tyrell Williams. They had Hunter Renfro, the rookie. Uh, Josh Jacobs. But, like, not a ton of pass-catching options. And Darren Waller had his best games when either Tyrell Williams or or Hunter Renfro were out. So they both missed a couple games. Four out of Darren Waller's five 100-yard games came when one of those guys were out. He averaged eight targets, 93.5 yards in the games that either Hunter Renfro or Tyrell Williams missed. He only averaged 57.9 yards if one of those two guys were playing. 
So then you would have to be both just one of those two guys were playing. That drops down from 93 to 57 yards. It's a lot of math. Yes, it is. <laughs> but what happens when they bring in, they have to bring in more wide receivers this year. They have to draft a wide receiver. I hope so. So I'm, I'm just worried, you know, if they even just had one pass catching weapon, Darren Waller's targets and receiving yards went way down. He was just the man when he was the only guy there to be the man. And he is a good pass catcher. Now, he's still going to have a lot of yards. Like 57.9 yards throughout 16 games is still like 900-something yards. But he doesn't score touchdowns. He scored three touchdowns all year. He only had six end zone targets. The issue is that Foster Moreau, the rookie tight end, he had four end zone targets and only played 36.3% of the snaps. That's obnoxious. Waller played 90% of the snaps and only saw two more end zone targets than him. Foster Morrow had five touchdowns his rookie season. I think he's going to be the tight end that's used in that area. And I don't know if Darren Waller's touchdowns are going to go up because he just didn't. Like, normally you want to look at opportunity and be like, okay, did he have the opportunity? You know, it just didn't work out. Like, the connection wasn't there. But, you know, that can change all the time. But they're not going to just randomly start using him in that area if they didn't use him this year. They wanted yeah. to use Foster Moreau. And, Interesting. you know, he was a rookie tight end last year, Foster Moreau, taken in the fourth round. He got hurt. I think next year he could take a step up, steal some targets, steal Ooh, more. brings up the interesting point of best ball. Yeah, steal more end zone targets. I'm not, like, excited for Foster Moreau. I just think he could hurt Darren Waller. Okay. And I think definitely bringing in a wide receiver in free agency, drafting another rookie wide receiver, just having healthy guys there to pass to. Again, he's going to go so early because of what he did this year. Oh, for sure. And I'd rather just wait. For a different tight end that, you know, has more potential, at least in the end zone area. Yeah. Like a Greg Olson. Like a Greg Olson. Oh, my God. Is he going to score 20-plus touchdowns with Russell Wilson? I think 40. Okay. 40. 50? 75. Mm, I think that's fair. Okay. Okay. Give me your last bust. (laughs) My last bust is a guy I actually do believe uh, will bust in the more true sense. So it's a guy I like. Aaron Jones. A guy you like. Um. The running back three in 2019, 265.8 points, 19 touchdowns. Good Lord, did he perform. He did. Uh, And, you know, the Green Bay Packers, they didn't do too bad. They kept the game on the ground. They uh, had Aaron Rodgers only throwing, like, the safest passes of all time. I think his interception percentage was, like, 0.0006, something around there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And it's... Partly because they were able to establish the run, and Aaron Jones was a huge part of that. But Aaron it, Jones was the s- second leading target receiver on the Green Bay Packers. Madness. But he only had like sixty-eight targets. I miss like it Jordy. wasn't something insane. That's going to hurt him when they actually have a wide receiver too that isn't Alan Lazard. Yes, and. Like, when we're looking at his production between 2019 2018, he definitely had more yards. Um, but, like, when you're looking at his per-game averages, just uh, seven more rushing yards per game, three more rushing attempts, ten more receiving yards, I, it adds up. But the biggest difference that I see between his 2018 and 2019 seasons are the touchdowns. Um, 43% of his fantasy points came from touchdowns this year. That is not sustainable. Nope. That is not okay. And people are so excited that, you know, McCaffrey left and all of a sudden Aaron Jones was used more. He wasn't used anymore. Not when Jamal Williams was healthy. That's when, exactly. Then when they both were healthy in the game, Aaron Jones was not used any more than he was the year before. No, I think that's probably one of the most fascinating bits to acknowledge is the fact that Aaron Jones had immense splits when he was either in the game or uh, in the game with Jamal Williams or not with Jamal Williams playing. Um, With Jamal Williams in the game, he was averaging 18 points per game. Not bad. Not bad at all. That's a 14-game sample from 2019. Um, Average 13 rushing attempts, uh, 0.86 rushing touchdowns. But guess what? When Jamal Williams was out of the game, uh, two Two-game sample size. He averaged 32.75 PPR points. 
30. That's when he had his monster games. Yes. And that like that is absolutely insane. That would put him on a 16-game pace for 524 <laughs> fantasy points. Absolutely insane. He saw more targets. Um, he saw more receptions, obviously. He saw more rushing attempts. He saw more rushing touchdowns. More rushing yards. He didn't just see more rushing attempts. He saw eight more rushing attempts per game when Jamal Williams was out. It's a big split. That's not, like, Jamal Williams played the exact same. Actually, he played more under LaFleur than he did. He played more under LaFleur. He played more under LaFleur. Ooh. Ooch, ooch, than he did ooch. with Mike McCarthy. And you saw why. Because... He is the cutest, most bubbly, and amazing human being. He's a mermaid. I, I always wondered what in the world Jamal Williams was doing to get this, you know, the snap count. He's <laughs> adorable. Like, That's what he did. I'm like, you're not good. How do you get playing time? And then he opens his mouth, and it's like, okay, the coaches love you because you're awesome. You have yeah. a great personality. That really can't be it because <laughs> the I coaches can't it. do that, but it might be it. I, I really it. like. What else would it be? I they know. have to have like he has to have have this huge secret. Over these coaches, because Aaron Jones, when he was out there, did look so much better than Jamal Williams. Yeah, but you know that's that's not the world we live in. But I we do live agree in with a you. world where Jamal Williams is a mermaid. Yes, but I agree with you about Aaron Jones. I think obviously his touchdowns will probably come down. I think his targets can come down because Aaron Rodgers will actually have a wide receiver too. Hopefully, what's a wide receiver? I don't know. Hopefully a wide receiver, too. And when Jamal Williams is healthy, it's just not the same. He's still good. He's still fine. But it's just not that, you know, that player that scores four touchdowns and 500 yards. Yeah. No. I Like, I just can't realistically picture Aaron Jones giving us anything close to what he did this year. He did stay healthy this year, so that's a plus. But I think he's definitely going to be overdrafted by um, especially people in, like, your home leagues – I'm not touching him anywhere near. The thing is, Aaron Jones is always going to go ahead of Leonard Fournette, I feel like, next year. We're always going to see that. Except when 43% of Aaron Jones' fantasy points came from touchdowns, and Leonard Fournette had, what, like three touchdowns all year long? Something super low? That's the guy you want to go get is Leonard Fournette because his touchdowns, he was great this year in fantasy, and he didn't score touchdowns. Yeah. So, you know, if he just goes back up to the average, he's going to be fantastic. If Aaron Jones comes back down to the average, he'll still be okay, but not worth that price that you're paying. Agree. Okay. Agree. That's, that's Those are, kind of it. I was only ready to give two busts today each because I just don't want to put people down too fast. It's yeah. only February. We got to bring we got to bring each other up. Yeah. Well, this episode was not doing that, but we have a whole off season to bring people down. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this podcast does. We blast, we blast your balls. balls. Anyways, anything else you want to say? No. Uh, everybody, hit us up with your busts. Um, you can hate me on Twitter for my Lamar Jackson pick at FFBallBlast. Oh, they will. Don't hate me. You can go hate Kate for my takes at FFBallBlast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear it. But we will be driving to Indy on Thursday. So if you have any fantasy questions or want us to pay attention to anything during the Combine, head us up and we will uh, we'll keep track of that for you throughout the week. Heck yeah. All right. See All you right. later, guys. Bye, y'all. Bye.